11 of Big Sky Big Takes here around the Foreign Style Podcast, focused on all things Big Sky Conference. We are approaching the playoffs. We got a bunch of big games this weekend, and we have an incredible panel joining me to talk about all the top news from the Eagles Power Hour, a stats FCS top 25 voter, Kyler Neal. Andrew Howden's joining us with the Idaho State Journal and the Idaho State Journal Sports Podcast. And Lance, last but not least, Lance Hartzler with the Arizona Daily Sun, a true beat reporter for those NAU Lumberjacks. It's a three-man panel. Let's get going right away. Uh, obviously want to talk about not this past weekend, but the weekend we have coming up. Game of the year, maybe. We said this a couple weeks ago when Weber was playing uh, Sacramento State. But this Grizz versus hosting Weber State, number three versus number five, going to be a great game. Could have some major seeding implications going into the playoffs. What is your, what do you think the headline is going to be on Sunday following this game? Kyler Neal, I want to start with you. Yeah, the headline for this game is Wagriz Stadium. Uh, Weber State has only won, I believe, one game out of Wagriz in the past, like 13 attempts of going over there. And historically, at least the last three years when Weber State's dominated, they lose one road game in conference a year. It looks like this is going to be the one to lose, um, which is going to share the title with Montana and Sac State if both those teams end up winning out. So, yeah, I think the the biggest storyline is can Weber State go in there and beat Montana at Wagriz? It's going to be tough. Lance Hartzler, what do you think the headline's going to be on Sunday after this game? I think it's going to be that we're crowning Weber State as the Biscuit champions. I think they go into Montana, break that snide, and really show us that their offense is legit. They've scored 30-plus in basically all their FCS games, despite having a revolving door of quarterbacks. Yeah, they, this narrative of them not scoring a lot of points is just uh, uh, completely puzzling. We've talked about this on the pod for a couple weeks. Granted, they rank low, but in terms of points, 30, 36, 36, 51, 29, 41, 29, 41. That's their point totals in the victories. Those are all their FCS games. The FBS games, they didn't put up points, but they were playing up a level, so it kind of makes sense. Andrew Howden closes out here. The headline on Sunday following this this huge game between Weber and Montana, what do you think it'll be? I think the headline will be Weber State's defense. We know across the Big Sky Conference that it's one of the best units in the nation, but I don't think they've gotten that recognition across the nation. It's mid-November. I think it'll be you know a, a classic November Big Sky football game. I think it'll be a little bit of a defensive struggle, and I think Weber State's defense will carry the day. Yeah, well, hopefully uh, some of you are wrong because I'd like to see the Grizz get the W on Saturday, and I hope the game's not close. Um, But question number two, can't focus completely on the Montana schools, and we have an NAU expert on here. I want to talk quickly about Case Cookus. He became just the second player in Big Sky history uh, to complete 100 touchdown passes over this weekend. Uh, That's second only to Eastern Washington's Vernon Adams, who had 110 what is Case Cookus's legacy at Northern Arizona? Lance, we're, of course, starting with you. Well, first and foremost, he's the greatest quarterback to ever sit foot in Flagstaff. He's only 94 yards of passing Travis Brown's all-time NAU record for passing yardage. He's going to break that this coming week against Southern Utah. 
But the other legacy really is what ifs. He didn't play a lot. He missed a ton of games due to two collarbone injuries in alternating seasons. And really, he didn't get a lot of playing time with Emmanuel Butler either. So it's a lot of what ifs with Case Cookus. Did he ever make the playoffs as a, as a quarterback? He made it once, and it was a game where they got beat out by San Diego very, very bad in the first round at home. That's right. I remember that. Andrew Howden, from an outsider's perspective uh, and an opponent's perspective, what do you think Case Cookus's legacy is? Yeah, like Lance said, I think it'll be mainly one of missed opportunities. This is a guy we've been hearing about forever since he really broke on the scene, I think, you know, all the way back in 2016, I think he had the potential to be the greatest quarterback in big sky history. And like Lance said, those collarbone injuries might've been the thing that stopped him from getting there. Only made one playoff uh, appearance. You know, I I look back and I think what could have been. Yeah. It's uh, uh, injuries are, have sucked kind of all the enthusiasm out of Cookus every year. Kyler, let's take a little bit bigger picture here. Looking at uh, the, the FCS as a whole, because I know you focus on the FCS more than most of our guests. Where does Cookus kind of rank for you in terms of FCS quarterbacks generally? And you could give them a, a letter grade if you'd like. Um, so, so there's two different ways to look about quarterbacks in the FCS. Do you look at them like an Easton Stick potential NFL talent, or do you look at it as Vernon Adams who didn't quite have what it takes to be an NFL quarterback, but in a college system, he was one of the best ever. Um, I would give Case Cookus an overall a minus just because of his injuries yeah like like they said there there was some potential of what could have been you know he could have broken um vernon adams record i don't think he'll do it this year vernon adams did that in about two and a half years of being a quarterback which is impressive and case cook has yeah. probably could have done that too since he was injured for at least you know a full year um when you look at all the games he missed so his legacy is he is mr nau he's the best football player to come out of there um hopefully he gets a shot at the nfl and hopefully he can stay a little more healthy yeah, it'd be so much fun to see him on an NFL roster. Um, all right, now I'm going to force you guys to go back to Montana. We went talked about a non-Montana school, non-playoff team. We're going back to Montana, fellas, and we're talking. Those Montana State Bobcats are traveling to UC Davis this weekend looking for that elusive eighth FCS win. Uh, and Davis, of course, is fighting for their lives, hoping to snag a playoff spot. Who do you like in this game and why? Andrew Howden, I want to start with you. Yeah, I like Davis in this game. I think it'll be a close one. But like you said, Davis fighting for their playoff life. Uh, They close with the Cats at home and then travel to Sac State, which is a rivalry game for them. Of course, they have to win this one uh, to to make it on the bubble. They have to win the next one to make it on the bubble. Um, You know, when you're when you're hanging by a thread at home, I think they'll they'll come out. And this is a team with a lot of senior talent um, that's kind of been forgotten in their struggles this year. I like Davis, but I think it'll be a close one. Lance, what do you think? I definitely like Montana State in this one, most because the last time they played a team that's really similar to Davis, when they played NAU, essentially a team with a very similar offense that's high-flying, reliant on the quarterback, they got a pretty massive win. I trust their defense. I trust the Bobcats to really take it to UC Davis, even though it's on the road. Yeah, I think that's right. Look, I I never like complimenting the Bobcats, but... Uh, I feel like folks are a little too down on them. They had the two-game lose, losing streak, uh, and then the past two weeks have had wins over you know, the bottom barrel, big sky teams, Southern Utah, UNC. So I think folks are probably a little too pessimistic on them. 
Uh, Kyler, I want to uh, ask you this about the Bobcats. You're obviously a big Eastern Washington fan. Who do you think wins the game right now on a neutral field between Montana State and Eastern Washington? Well, I, I think Montana State's kind of gotten a little bit of respect this year, and maybe it's a little bit of over-respecting because of their schedule. You know, they got SEMO at home. They got Western Illinois, who's one of the worst teams in the Missouri Valley. Norfolk State, who the hell is that? And then, you know, they played a really <laughs> easy Big Sky schedule, and they lost to a team Eastern destroyed running one play. I don't think Montana State is that good, and if I had to pick Eastern Washington right now versus Montana State, all you got to do is put or one of our linebackers on their non-quarterback, and you're going to win the game. I would actually pick Eastern, and I'm not high on Eastern this year. Wow. So you, so how much money would you be willing to put on the game? Um, I would, I would put the house. I, I don't think Montana state <laughs> is that good. I, I'm picking UC Davis in this game. I, and, um, I just think they've been, they've been gifted a very easy schedule. They're at a conference was, you know, abysmal as I think Eastern Washington would have the same record. If not, maybe one more win because we wouldn't have lost in North Dakota. Yeah. And Norfolk state, uh, just just a reminder, ranked 224 out of 256 in the Sagarin ratings, four and six on the year, but overall not very good out of the Patriot League. All right, I want to go to our team drill down with all of you. You're the experts on your uh, respective teams, and I want to give our fans some good Big Sky knowledge, starting with you, Andrew, Idaho State. You guys went from a darling early in the season, and we were just talking about this before we started recording. But darling early in the season, we were receiving some top 25 votes. But over the past few weeks, things have gone off the rails, routinely ranked at the bottom or near the bottom of the Big Sky Podcast Network power rankings. I have three questions for you. Rapid fire. I want you to answer these quickly. What the hell happened? Will Rob Fennessy be back next year as coach? And who is the favorite to be the Bengals starting quarterback in 2020? All right, let's get to it. What happened is that they just started turning the ball over and basically, you know, gave up three defensive touchdowns against Idaho, kept on throwing interceptions the next week, and the defense collapsed. The defense is tackling really badly. Um, you know, so that's pretty simple. They're, they're turning the ball over three, four times a game. I think Rob Fennessey will be back next year. You know, he's taken two steps forward for Idaho State in his first two years. I don't think one step back this year is enough to get him out of there, plus... Uh, this is not a contract year for him. Next year is the contract year for him. So we'll see where that conversation is at in a year, but I think he is there next year. Uh, in terms of the quarterbacks, I think that probably I would lean towards current freshman. Next year he'll be a uh, redshirt freshman, I guess, because he will only have played in four games. Sagan Gronauer, just because I think that, you know, after a year like this, you want to do a, a full fresh start. I mean, you're losing a ton of seniors off the offense and the defense why not take that fresh start with your quarterback as well? Yeah, Rob Fennessy. So he took over for a team that went 1-7 and seven in two consecutive years, coached by Mike Kramer. He came in 2-6, and 5-3 and three last year, and then again showed flashes uh, throughout the season of being a talented team, but things to just not go as planned. I hope he sticks around just because he's a character. Uh, moving on, NAU. Uh, all right, this was a weird game last week against Sac State. It looked like NAU was in the driver's seat to win this. Uh, sat, you know, they were playing Sacramento State, who had their backup quarterback in, Jake Dunaway. Uh, and it ended up as the Lumberjacks' first home loss of the season. They led by 10 in the fourth quarter. Lance, what happened in Flagstaff? 
NAU's had this bad habit this season of making unknown or average quarterbacks look just dynamite. You would watching that <laughs> game, you would think Dunaway you you'd think Dunaway was Kevin Thompson out there. In the final five minutes of the game, he went nine for eleven passing for one twenty five and two touchdowns. And that's how Sac State beat him, getting some help via special teams. But NAU's defense at the heart of it again made a average or unknown quarterback just look really good. Oh, and adding insult to injury, Dunaway, 384 yards, four touchdowns. Our boy Case Cook is 186 yards, one touchdown. That is not the stat that's, line you expected going into the game. That's because of former NAU defensive coordinator Andy Thompson right there. <laughs> he, knew, he knew how to game plan for Cookus. Um, all right, last drill down. And Kyler, I'm not going to ask you to talk about the Eagles. I wouldn't want to put you through that. <laughs> um, but you do focus on FCS overall, and now this is around the time of the year. Big Sky fans have to start getting out of their, their Big Sky caves and start thinking big picture nationally. So everyone in the state knows about North Dakota State. Everyone knows about James Madison. But what other non-Big Sky teams do our fans need to worry about come playoff time? Well, if you're Montana State and you make the playoffs, you should worry about almost everyone. Um, low ding. But, uh, <laughs> my bad. My bad, Montana State fans. But no, um, honestly, looking across the FCS, the FCS as a whole, in my opinion, is down this year. Um, there's only a couple teams you would have to worry about. And luckily for some of those teams, you know, they have a lot of injuries. South Dakota State's quarterback is injured. Northern Iowa's quarterback is injured. Illinois State's two best wide receivers are injured. Villanova has struggled, but, you know, they could be a contender if they start getting um, some of their games together and some of the, you know, some of their abilities on both sides of the ball. The other only two teams, maybe Wofford and Furman, they play each other this week, and maybe the winner of that game um, is maybe a quarterfinal type of team that could give a Big Sky team some trouble. But other than that, you know, I really don't see a lot of trouble for outside the big sky besides those two teams you mentioned due to some of the injuries and as a whole, um, the FCS, in my opinion, is down. And, and do you, is this follow-up question here, being we don't have a fourth panelist, we can talk. Uh, so Weber State, Montana, Sacramento State, do you expect all three of those teams to get a first round bye? Uh, if, if Montana beats Weber... I think they're shooing for all three to, you know, get a first round by as long as Sac State can keep, you know, if Kevin Thompson is playing that, that definitely helps Sac State's ability to win out. Um, if they're not, if he's not playing, you know, they might drop one. And if they drop one, they have the ability to lose a seed because they'll, if Montana, any of them have two FCS losses, you're probably looking at either that eight seed or down to a 10, depending on what some of the other teams do. Uh, so, mm -hmm. I mean, really, if you are, a team who ends up losing, let's say Montana does lose, even though I'm picking them to beat uh, Weber State. Let's say Montana does lose and they have two FCS losses. You're going to be rooting against Illinois State to drop one more game. You and I, SDSU to drop a game. Furman or Wofford, when they beat each other, you want them to drop one more game. But other than that, you know, um, since everyone else has kind of butchered their own schedules and been dropping games left and right, the, the seeding bubble is getting smaller. And even if one of those teams lose, you still have a shot to grab that eight seed. Yeah, it's it's crazy how sticky these rankings are getting in the top 10. Um, all right, we're going to move on to the Big Sky Fantasy Builder. But first, I want to give a, a big shout out to our sponsor. As you know, Big Sky Big Takes is a joint production of Montana Mint Sports and the Big Sky Podcast Network. 
These two entities and this podcast are very proud to be sponsored by the Montana Mint Store. We wouldn't be here if it weren't for the Montana Mint Store. Uh, we can't thank them enough for everything that they do. Those of us from Montana who on this podcast right now is only me, uh, know one thing about fashion in the big sky, and that's if there is some store making a cool design within a few months, every single person in the state will be wearing it. You just have to think about that shirt that has home with a period at the end of it, inside the outline of Montana, or that hat with the outline of Montana roots coming out of the bottom. Everyone has it, and it just makes it hard to stand out. That drove our designers at the Montana Mint Store insane, so they decided that from this point forward, we're only doing limited runs of all of our gear. That means when you buy from the Montana Mint, you can have confidence. There's only a small number of folks in the state that are wearing that design and color. This gives you a chance to stand out in the crowd, Check out all the gear today at montanamint.com. All the money that we make on the Montana Mint store gets uh, funneled back into things like this podcast, Montana Mint Sports, and all of the other Montana Mint stuff that you enjoy. So please check it out and support us, especially with the holidays coming up. All right, Big Sky Fantasy Builder. This is our weekly podcast. We are going to have you each build a fantasy team, one quarterback, one running back, one receiver, and one flex position who cannot be Troy Anderson. A little modified because each round you have to pick a specific player. Uh, Standard scoring, we're going to post these on Twitter. You can vote for your favorite team. You can see who wins at the end of every week. Let's start it off. Kyler Neal, you have the number one pick in round one, which is quarterbacks. Who are you taking? Uh, producer Jerry got my bottle of Jameson. I take it. I am finally with the first pick, which is making me happy. <laughs> I'm taking my boy who leads the nation in total yards and total touchdowns. Eric Berrier. They are playing Cal Poly. Um, Eric's going to get his points. I had Eric Berrier written down before you even said anything. Andrew Howden, who are you taking with your quarterback? I'm taking a guy we've talked about already on this podcast. Case Cook is just playing at Southern Utah this week. Uh, incentive for him to close his career with a bang here, and he's playing a really, really bad defense. I think he's going to put up some numbers. Yeah, he could feast on that Southern Utah defense. And Lance, close us out. Who? What quarterback are you taking? I've seen it all too often. NAU's allowed three straight 300-yard passers. Chris Helbery's about to have a career, career day against NAU's defense. <laughs> Gotta go with Chris. I love it. Uh, all right, running backs. Uh, Lance, you got the first pick here. Who are you taking? Pretty easy pick here. I'm going to go Anthony Custer for Eastern Washington. He's been on roll this season. I think he's going to do it against Cal Poly. All right. And uh, Andrew, who do you got? Uh, I guess with the second pick again, I'm rolling with NAU's guy, Joe Logan, who had a monster game last week, I believe, even in the losing effort. Uh, that Southern Utah defense is, is really bad. I mean, what else am I going to say? Yeah, you're loading up on Lumberjacks. Kyler closes out on running backs. Uh, this one's kind of out of left field, and I don't know how I feel about this. It's probably going to screw me in the end, but I have played North Dakota, and we ran one play 63 times up the middle. I think Milo Hall from Northern Colorado is going to have a big day. Um, if Eastern Washington can do it running one play, Milo Hall can do it. Wow. I, well, I have to check the records. Uh, Aaron may have taken Milo, but otherwise, this might be his first appearance in the, the Big Sky uh, Fantasy Builder. Uh, round three, we're going to focus on wide receivers. Andrew Howden, you got the number one pick. Ooh, tough one. Uh, I guess I'll hop on the Eastern Washington train here. Andrew Boston had a couple touchdowns 
in front of me at Holt Arena last week, so uh, <laughs> pretty impressive, and I'll, I'll take him against Cal Poly. Uh, maybe some recency <laughs> bias there. Kyler, who do you got as your wide receiver? I'm going to take uh, Stacy Chucky, whatever his last name is, from Northern Arizona because they are playing Southern Utah who they can't defend a rock if it was sitting in front of them. <laughs> That's Chuck Wumezi, by the way. There you go. I like him. <laughs> Chewbacca. Chewbacca. <laughs> and Lance, who? what wide receiver are you taking? I'm going the guy right across the field from Chuck Wumuzzi, Brandon Porter. He's more consistent with catching passes from Cookus. Chuck is more of the big play guy, but hey, we'll see. Well, it may have a combination of the two when you're playing a shitty Southern Utah team. Uh, and Flex, Kyler, you got the number one pick here. Yeah, um, just because I think Eastern Washington is going to score at will, I will go opposite of Andrew Boston and go Tolulu Limu Jones from Eastern Washington. All right, you are challenging my ability to spell as I write these out. Uh, Lance, who do you got for your flex position? I just saw this guy light up NAU because of Dunnyway as well. Pierre Williams for Sac State. Pierre Williams. And close us out, Andrew, who do you got? I think I want to double up on the running backs here. We haven't touched the Idaho matchup yet, but I think I want Elijah Dodson uh, at Idaho. All right. Okay, so we got your your uh, teams here, and I'm looking over at Jerry, who again is perplexed. So last weekend, last week, Jerry, we had only three panelists, and the algorithm could not determine a winner in the game, and you promised me you were going to fix it, but you didn't. And now his computer screen is blue, and we can't choose a winner, so we have to put all three panelists into the showdown. Congrats, guys. You are all making the showdown, all three panelists, the bonus of only having a three-man panel. Let's get through this quickly. Uh, all right. This past weekend, as we know, the Grizz beat Idaho and took home the Little Brownstein, one of the best traditions in the Big Sky Conference. One of the best because uh, there's a hilarious picture of Paul Petrino posing with the Little Brownstein, and you can just tell that he hates his life. Uh, but other than this, what is your favorite Big Sky Conference tradition? Tyler, we'll start with you. Yeah, it's it's got to be the big rivalry between Northern Colorado and Montana State, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's definitely the brawl of the wild. It's one of the biggest rivalries in the FCS, even though their you know trophy looks like a big crap pile of crap. But overall, it's an amazing game, and I'd love to go to it one day. That's coming from an Eastern fan. Yeah, well, anyone coming this year, be sure to let us know. We're going to be hosting a, a happy hour that Friday night. That goes to all you uh, uh, listeners out there as well. Uh, Andrew, what's your favorite Big Sky tradition besides that little Brownstein? Yeah, Kyler stole my answer. I mean, as a, as a guy who went to Montana, a guy who's covered them for a couple years, I mean, the Brawl of the Wild is just bigger than anything else out here. It's at the end of the season. You can see how much everything builds up to it, and the atmosphere around those games is just second to none. And I say that as a guy who has been to a couple of them. It's just there's nothing else that compares to it. Man, can we go three for three? Lance, best tradition in the Big Sky Conference. <laughs> Full disclosure, I haven't been around the base guy as much as you guys, but I gotta say, my favorite's gotta be Northern Colorado just being the doormat of the league. <laughs> Everyone steps on this team. Uh, Alright, we gotta loop in the commissioner here because two brawls of the wild and one really awful team as the best traditions in the Big Sky Conference. Question two of the show, showdown. 
Uh, we've already talked about Idaho State, uh, but we need to talk about this weekend's game at Brigham Young University. I've had this game circled since the offseason, since the schedules came out. What is the final score of this game, Andrew Howden? 42-7 BYU. I do think that Idaho State gets on the board. Okay, Lance? I go 45-7, to seven, so pretty close. 45-7, to seven. and Kyler Neal, what do you think? I think Idaho State plays better against BYU than they did this last weekend versus Eastern Washington. I do think they grabbed seven points, and I actually think everyone's right. It's going to be about 42-7. to seven. <laughs> What? What is happening? Hey, Eastern you know what? Washington, you know what? I'll go 30 Eastern to Washington seven. just put 48 points on them. Northern Arizona put 66 points. Northern Colorado put 54 points. But Brigham Young University. They're too no nice one thinks over there. they going to crack it. Now nah, the Mormons are I too will nice. Say that, uh, <laughs> I will say that Utah only put up 33 points on Idaho State, so maybe they, they do keep it down. Okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe BYU doesn't want to tip their hand. Uh, I don't like any of those answers. I think there is potential where uh, Idaho's 72-point uh, loss against Penn State this year is <laughs> is uh, potentially going to be broken this weekend if BYU wants to be mean. Um, all right, we have uh, we already talked the Grizz and the Cats games, uh, but I want to talk about the other games that have some playoff and seeding implications. What's the final score this weekend when Sac State travels to Idaho? Oh, sorry, I guess I should ask one of you. Lance, let's start with you. If Kevin Thompson plays, I swear Sac State can put up 66 on Idaho. So uh, assuming Kevin Thompson's out there, I think it's going to be like 66 to 14. I think Sac State just wants to blow them out of the water. 66-14. Kyler Neal. Idaho's only lost two home games since they dropped down to the FCS. Um, they, they actually play really tough at home. They almost beat Weber. Uh, it was a good game. So I think it's going to be closer, especially if Kevin Thompson is not injured. I'm actually going to go with the upset if Kevin is not playing 35-27 Idaho. 35-27. I love it. And uh, Andrew, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, as both guys have mentioned, obviously there's, there's a lot riding on Kevin Thompson's health for this one. If he does play, I think it'll be a pretty comfortable win for Sac State, although I don't think they'll blow him out by as much as Lance thinks. Let's say 35-20 to 20 Sac State if Thompson plays. 35-20? to 20. I got a newsflash, guys. I think even if Thompson plays, Idaho is winning this game. Paul Petrino gets his teams up for home games against good teams. Right, they beat Eastern Washington at home, uh, and they play, they played Weber tough. I guess they, I guess their other wins at home were Idaho State and Cal Poly. But look, Paul Petrino needs to show improvement. He needs to get to five wins this year because he needs to uh, get all that buyout of his contract talk taken off the table. I like his. I like. I like Idaho here. I think this is upset special. They're going to be up for this game. It's the last game. They're going to look uh, halfway decent in this year. Last question, and we put this in here in the playoff and seeding implications, even though uh, I'm just being nice to Kyler. What's the final score in Eastern versus Cal Poly? Kyler, we'll start with you. Well, Cal Poly is unlucky that Eastern's just pissed off that they blew away their playoff chances in like week six this year, uh, which is which is weird for an Eastern fan. But I think Sagarian is way wrong, only having Eastern as an 11-point favorite. I think Eastern Washington is going to do what we did about to NAU or uh, more like Idaho State, I will go 48 to 14. 
48-14. Lance? I think this one stays a bit closer. I'm going to go 34-28. Kyle Pauly is a funky team. You can't always gauge what exactly will happen, and Eastern's defense kind of sucks. And Andrew closes out here. I think this one's going to be even worse than Kyler thinks. Eastern's got going over 700 yards in each of the last two weeks. Cal Poly's defense isn't any better than Idaho State's. I think it's going to be something like 40, 55 to 20, maybe. I love it. I think last All year right. we beat him like 70 to 3 or something like that. <laughs> Definitely could happen again. It could happen again. All right, looking over at Jerry, we do have a winner. Standing above the crowd this week, a non-playoff team, a non-playoff reporter, Lance Hartzler, you are this week's champion, which means you get 30, 40 seconds, or I guess as much time as you want to rant about whatever you want in the world of sports. Take it over. Oh, man, I didn't know I was going to win. Did not expect that. Okay. Just got to say, my Phoenix Suns out here in the Valley are being surprising. I know y'all may not be basketball guys. That's my sport, and I'm just excited to see the Suns not being sad. That's really all I got. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a long decade in the Phoenix area. Uh, Lance, where can people find you on Twitter? Hit me up on Twitter, Lance underscore hearts. H-A-R-T-Z, that's how you spell it, for anything NAU or for if you seem to care about local prep sports in Flagstaff, Arizona. Oh, and we do. Kyler Neal, where can people find you online? Yeah, you guys can find me on FCS Fans Nation or Kneal underscore 88 on Twitter. Um, you'll see me kind of ragging on Northern Colorado a lot. <laughs> and Andrew Howden, where can folks find you on Twitter? Yeah, I'm at, at AndrewH202. Uh, not too many Idaho State football takes on there. I don't know why you would want any more Idaho State football takes, but the women's basketball season is starting up, and they're always good, so follow me for that. All right. Well, I'm at Bear Tycoon. Be sure to check us out every week. Next week, with Cat Grizz coming up, we have a very special Two Cat, Two Grizz panel, so be prepared for that. Unless you live out of state, then you can probably tune out. Uh, But otherwise, we will see everybody in Week 12. (laughs) 